0: Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies. Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling to messy situations, and conscious and coupling. From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text, sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubilee. They going talk about it. Ah, yeah, you are invited. Ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, mm-hmm. baby, we got it's it. Up-
1: Hey everyone, my name is Andy. And I am Naomi. And we are a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy in Quarantine, we use the Zoom to talk to people we love about romance, talk advice questions, and do lots of stuff uh, with responsible social distancing.
2: Isn't that right, my dear love? That is the truth. The only person I can be within six feet of is you. Yes, legally. Legally. (laughs) By law. By law. I have... Restraining orders against, you know, several against Uh, me. Oh, I was going to say you have
1: restraining orders against white people.
2: Well, honey, I only talk to two white people a day, and you're one. (laughs) So, yeah, you're correct. You're correct, sister girl. Um, Oh, my God. What a great episode We have such a fun episode. It's so funny. I was, like, a little nervous. um, Very nervous. Because it was, like, our first time really talking. But you have already heard her dulcet tones. Today, we sit down and talk to Imani Hakim. She is a Ooh. wonderful actor. You know her from shows like Everybody Hates Chris and Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet. Yes, which Wh- you are on, my dear. Yes, which you can see on Apple TV. And we just like got to know Imani a little bit, and then we had to answer a couple questions. And I feel like we got to a good place emotionally. Yeah. I,
1: I mean, I love talking to her. I think she's, uh, she's such a funny person. And uh, okay, Andy, I
2: can't have you like laying it on that thick for another like a gorgeous black woman. Okay, Naomi, and she's like the right height for you. Don't you even don't you even
1: you are the voice of your generation. <laughs> you are a son in you are a queen.
2: <laughs> you know what
1: you are the sun in the sky. See,
2: Nope. Now it's just too much y'all. First of all, if you like advice episodes, if you want some advice yourself, hit us up. You can always DM us on Instagram at Couples Therapy Pod, on Twitter at Naomi and Andy. But the very best, the thing we love the most, is when you dial into our advice line, which is 323-524-7839. It don't have to be about a lover in your life, honey. We inquire. Not much love happening. Any question you got, we are willing to answer it. You know I got opinions. And it's always so fun to get to know our guests by yeah. their answers. Ask us what color upholstery to get in your new car. We'll answer. We got
1: opinions out the wazoo. I will Google best upholsteries <laughs> and then I'll get back to you. Also, we have recently become independent and we're thinking about taking on some
2: advertisers, but not corporate sponsors. We want you. Wait, you got really? A small business? Wait, really? Not corporate sponsors? Oh. You know I love corporations. <laughs> you know I love a corporation that steals from people. It's my favorite thing. JK, you guys, Andy is correct. If you are a small business, if you got yourself an Etsy store, if you want to advertise, hit us up on Gmail. We are obviously going to be reasonable with our rates. Yeah,
1: CouplesTherapyPod at gmail.com. And finally, every Wednesday at 2 p.m., we're doing a live show for you, the viewer, (laughs) at twitch.tv slash CouplesTherapyPod. Come join the Couples Therapy Quarantine Crew,
2: the CTQC. It is a good time. Okay, you guys, I think we've kept enough house. Let's get to this wonderful episode with Imani Hakim. Roll it. Um, Imani, I have just a question. You're I from Ohio, been. correct? Yes. But then you've lived here like 15 years or so. Yes. I feel exactly. like I remember you saying years. that. I remember in the, when I asked you in the room, but like that means you were like a child actor. You were like an yeah. acting child, and you seem so normal um and so mellow and you know, how you know what um, I mean like what kept you from becoming cray?
0: you know I think <laughs> maybe this is gonna i don't wanna boost myself, but I am gonna boost myself a little bit. I think it's my desire to uh to be a better person um every day and so every day my god (laughs) and but for real though because it's so easy like you said being a child actor is very easy to uh get on the wrong path to be influenced get into trouble like we've seen so many times and i just have this desire to do the opposite of that Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I come from a place where I care too much sometimes. Or I've, I've been, that has sort of been my foundation where I've cared too much, which has kind of worked in my favor of keeping me on the right path.
2: Yeah. So, Are you an only child? Do you have like other
0: siblings? No, I have five brothers.
2: Wow. Whoa, wait, we're in Ohio. <laughs> in
1: Ohio. Cleveland. He's Ohio. Cleveland. Are you from Ohio? I'm from Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm from Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I went to Pitt. And I uh, I traveled over to Ohio uh, twice to see concerts, and that's about it. That's my How only was knowledge. It?
0: How uh, was your experience?
1: It was fine. It was like Pennsylvania. It seemed like <laughs> Rust Belt, everything in disrepair. It's like you, you know, know,
0: I feel like the Midwest. It all looks the same. It all feels the same. It's so uh, you go to Missouri, you go to Ohio, you go to any of those places, and it's like, oh, did I leave? You know, right. it's it's all it's kind of all the same.
1: Yeah, it's all truck stop Denny's from uh, <laughs> truck
2: stop Denny's. Oh god, it was Ohio that we went to that truck stop Denny's. Yes. We drove to Don't we, blow her ears out. Sorry. We drove to um Detroit. We drove, Detroit, we drove we from
1: New York to Detroit with
2: Naomi's mom's husband, husband. <laughs> my mother's latin lover Julio. Okay, and we latin drove lover. Who, not even but oh. I, but I's what I swear to call him but it's like he's not like sexy. But um we drove and then like at one point we stopped in Ohio to get some food and we would like, you know what I mean? It's like you're in Ohio, but they're like repping the Confederate flag, whatever that truck stop was, you know?
1: Yeah. It wasn't and- an, I felt very <laughs> a a Jewish man, a black woman, and a Latinx man <laughs> at a truck stop daddy's uh, where uh, you know gut. half the shirts now. Uh, Everyone here, correct me if I'm wrong. Ohio was part of the uh, union. Uh, Was that right? Yes. I don't know a lot about my uh, history. No, (laughs) I'm just making a sarcastic point. All right. I know, I know. Uh, Half the t-shirts being sold at this truck stop Denny's uh, had Confederate flags uh, on them. So, uh, yes, Ohio.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was our Ohio.
1: So that's my Ohio thought.
0: (laughs) I feel you. That's how I felt. I used to... Date someone who was from Missouri and whenever we would go home to visit him I just felt very, very aware of who I am <laughs> in the town, you know? Yes. So really heightens your senses.
2: It really does heighten yeah. your senses.
1: Did uh, you ever now Naomi growing up in New York? Yeah. Right? Like as a Jew from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yep. Not a lot of us there. You, I grew up very aware of uh, being
2: different, mm-hmm.
1: of being other.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, New York, is there, a, you know? Well, of course, that's because I went to school on the Upper East Side. So mm-hmm. I was very aware of being other. It's like taking that bus from Harlem to 89th, you feel the difference, or at least you used to before Harlem got gentrified. So it was just like very obvious. It was like, I'm coming from somewhere else, and then I get off the bus and everyone's white. <laughs>
0: So you went to school in a predominantly white.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. That's true. See, when I was in Cleveland, I went to school in a predominantly black neighborhood. Like everybody uh-huh. that I knew was black. The only mm-hmm. white people that I knew were my school teachers. Okay. And so when I when I came to LA, it was it was a wake
2: I, It was. It was a shock. It was, it a, was shock. a shock.
0: It was <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a shock. I was like, "What? Never knew. I've only seen this on TV before." So <laughs>
1: Wait, crazy. how did you know to come out to Los Angeles then?
0: Oh, such a long story. I won't bore you, <laughs> but um, well, long story short, my I was always one of those kids that was very interested in the arts. So very much an introvert growing up. I had, and again, I had five brothers, so it wasn't really anyone for me to, uh, right. you know, hang out with and play with. But um, so I was still my dad's video camera and like right place since I was like seven years old. And um, and so my dad saw that mm-hmm. his kid was like, okay, you're you're interesting, and so he put <laughs> me in a, a, a plays at the neighborhood theater, and so mm-hmm. that was kind of where I got my start. And then fast forward to two thousand five. Um, we sort of took a leap of faith. My dad and I packed up all of our things in our van. It was like, let's go give it a chance because we met with a talent manager like 2004, and they were like, come out here for pilot season, and so we did in 2005, and we were like, okay, let's go do it. And we lived in our van because we, you know, we didn't have any money, and uh, I was homeschooled in the van, and you know, I got my every. I auditioned a couple for a couple things, but then I got the Everybody Hates Chris audition, and. The rest is history,
2: and How long into the van did you book the Everybody Hates Chris? I am
0: one of the lucky few that I was only out here for two months. Damn!
2: Yeah, I was only
0: out here that's for wild, a little though. over two months. Yeah. But
2: that's good, though. You and your daddy couldn't have stayed in the van much longer.
0: No, and it was getting <laughs> to the point, because I was 11, and he was like, yeah. you know, if you want to <laughs> go home, I understand and i was like no i want to stick it out i'm willing to stay out here as long as it takes and then so we did and then luckily it worked out
2: yeah i mean that's a huge risk to take
0: and also for a child
2: well no for it to take a child i feel like when you're 11 you don't know you're like sure who cares like because you know like we're not afraid but for a parent to say like i'm betting on my kid yeah in an industry that like doesn't give a fuck about anybody <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? exactly and I think for for from my dad's perspective too because we grew up in the hood and it was one of those things where he's like I'm betting on my kid and also I think his perspective was this is sort of our way out to mm-hmm. you know break all generational curses right, cycles, and, yes, cycles right. and all that stuff so like let's you know and I'm happy that he took the chance
1: yeah um, yeah. that's so good yeah what did that. he do for a living
0: my dad yeah he was a taxi driver back then
2: okay so yeah. he was um and then so then obviously you you booked that show you moved like were your brothers already gone and out the house or was uh
0: no um i think my eldest brother oh, i want to say he was 17, and then my other oh, okay. brother was 15 at the time, but they okay. just stayed with my mom.
2: Okay, so yeah. they stay, and then you and your dad. And so like, when you booked it, y'all were just like, okay, we staying, you can come yeah, visit. We stay- yeah, we're staying,
0: and then we had to go home and convince my older brothers to move out here
1: and okay. everything. <sighs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, sorry, was that a tough, uh, I would say if if you gave me the choice between Pennsylvania and Los Angeles, I'd pick Los Angeles.
0: Well, they, yeah, because, you know, you're picking, they're very much established where they are, right. so, um, and they're boys, and so, so the way to get them out here was like, ain't no women like California women, so they were like, okay, we're on our way, so, so that was the so way to get cool. them out here. <laughs> um and what
2: neighborhood did you live in when you, like in your early days? Cause I'm just thinking about like growing up, cause like I, Harlem was black when I was growing up, like a bl- black only neighborhood. But then because of school, most of my friends were white, except for some of the neighborhood people who carried over. But because I was going to the white school, they were like, I don't know you no more. You know what I mean? So then like, mm-hmm. started, but like that's that move and that adjustment. I, cause I just find, like, I find living here LA is so segregated and so spread out. and so the time it takes to find so like yeah just like when you were obviously again you had your family but just like and luckily you were on the set of a black show so then you saw black people there but like out of the like out in the world i don't know it just really takes time here
0: that's funny i never really thought about it until you just said that luckily i was on a black show and i was surrounded by black people that's very yeah that's wow thank you (laughs) um (laughs) but we first moved to Woodland Hills when we first came out here so uh but it Woodland Hills still wasn't Woodland Hills that it is today Mm -hmm. um but it was it was it was a nice neighborhood to us you Mm -hmm. know coming from Cleveland and I was homeschooled so it was hard to find sort of a community of people mm-hmm. um and i the community of friends that i ended up getting was through my castmates meeting through it, just meeting other homeschool kids in the industry <laughs> so my core friends were all homeschooled so we <laughs> wonderful. all wonderful yeah <laughs> so, so we're all just weirdos um but eventually some <laughs> some of them went to college and they're no longer in the industry or they took different paths but yeah, it was just a bunch of homeschool kids hanging out together. I was
1: actually going to ask that. Like, what do you, what has homeschooling done to you? Do you? Have you thought about it? Have you thought about, like, how, it, you know, like, have you looked at uh, people who went to, like, public school and been like, uh, they have this or I have this because I was homeschooled? Uh, sh-
0: I guess kind of. Um, at first, when people, when I was in, when I was getting schooled, uh, when I was doing my schooling, people would ask, "Oh, do you feel bad that you're missing out on prom and all of this stuff?" And I was like, "No, not really. Kids mm. in school are mean. Like, I don't <laughs> want to go to school. They're mean." Um, so I think that the one thing that I feel that I sort of missed out on is just the time spent through those four years, like high school, for instance. Like the the memories that are create you're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh yeah, I think that was like the main thing that I feel like I missed out on is people have their their community in their high school and Eh. you know (laughs) the memories
2: honestly by now you wouldn't be talking to them. Exactly.
0: I still have friends from
1: high school that I I cherish the friends. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. like the memories, they're okay.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep.
1: I don't know. What do you not that I'm not really missing out on
0: anything? Okay. Prom prom was fine. There you go. But I went to prom. Oh I did! Who's high school? It was my... (laughs) It was my friend who was also homeschooled. (laughs) And his homeschooling program had a prom. So we went, (laughs) and it was weird. That's what I'm saying. Like Usually you know the people at prom, but you don't really... So it was weird. But yeah, his homeschooling program, they had a prom on a yacht.
1: Wow. Oh, that's not garage. what I was picturing. What I pictured in my was, head was it was in someone's garage, and the, there was like a like a really tiny mirror ball thing hanging from the thing that you use to pull down the, the car the, door. G- yeah, the garage, the garage door.
0: door. Oh, no. Yeah. We had our, we had our prom experience. My awesome. hair was crazy. It was crazy. Those prom vid- pictures are
2: nuts. But, like,. Well, you say, though, when you said, you know, like, kids in high school, high school are mean and, like, so you don't feel like you missed it. I will say that, prob- to me, I would imagine one of the things you get from homeschool in not being around mean kids, like, you're a confident person. You carry yourself with a quiet confidence. And that comes from, like, growing up and having no one hurt you socially. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one socially, like, tried to break you.
0: Mm. Um, <laughs> I wish that was my case. Uh- <laughs> I felt like everybody was trying to hurt me, <laughs> but I think, I think, you know, growing up in the industry at such a young age, you kind of have to have that. You have to have tough skin. You have to have confidence because you're walking into these rooms and you're being um, rejected over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So you just have to, even if you don't feel it, you know, that is just what people are looking for. That's what you have to exude. and. Um, Yeah, you just, I mean, you just have to. You just have to. Yeah, this industry
1: is a paper shredder and it just takes people and (laughs) it just sticks them into it. Yeah. And we all come out these like weird strips of flesh.
2: (laughs) Weird strips. Exactly. Now, Imani, we will be answering people's relationship questions, personal questions, so we like to give the listener a little sense of where you're at. You know what I mean? Like what is informing your advice, your suggestions. Now, you have taken a lover, and you're living together. <laughs> uh
0: huh.
2: <laughs> how long have you been with your lover?
0: Uh, a little bit over two years. I think Ooh. it was our two and It was our two years in March.
1: Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. When did? How long until you moved in together?
0: We moved in together during quarantine. Uh, oh, okay. oh okay. yeah so we were talking about moving in together later on down the line but then we ended up just spending quarantine together and his roommate was moving back home to Alabama to be with his family um during this time and so we were just like well we might as well just do this now while I have the time to move yeah and so you know we've been living together ever since <laughs> lockdown started All
1: right. Okay. Here's the thing. This is a this uh, this quarantine. (laughs) This quarantine is a pressure cooker uh, for uh, uh, solid, you know, like decades long relationships. And I gotta ask. Yeah. You you you're both you're now living together. It's that start at the beginning, and now you are around each other all the time. So how is that going?
0: (laughs) Honestly. It is much better than I expected it to be. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, one, it's like no one wants their introduction to living together to be under the circumstances that we're currently under. Right. So I was very like, uh, we don't know how this is going to turn out. But it ended up, it's, we get along so well um, and our communication uh, is top notch, to be honest. (laughs) Top notch. Um, It's top notch, especially regarding with the circumstances. So, I mean, it's been really good outside of, like, small things that normal couples deal with. Mm -hmm. You still have to find ways to keep it exciting or, you know, uh, still spend quality time. Even though you're already spending a bunch of time together, you have to carve out quality time. So, we're able to find that balance, and it's been really good. So, I know that once we're able to get back to our regular program, <laughs> you know, we'll be all right. I know that we can, you know, make it through it. And by quality
1: time, you mean sitting on the couch playing on your phone side by side, right?
0: Yeah. Is that? <laughs> exactly.
2: Okay, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah cuz that's what we just
1: making sure that that's what it...
0: <laughs> Where
2: did you guys meet? <laughs>
0: uh, funny enough, we met on a dating app. You met
2: on an application, an online yeah. application. Yeah. Uh, we found those to be so hard. Andy and I actually like he came up on my, like, okay Cupid list as, oh. like, one of my favorites. But then, like, I remember looking at – I looked at his profile, and it said, first of all, he's shorter than me. And it said, like, on a typical Friday night, I would be doing improv. And I was like, no, thank you. Hold on. Hold on.
0: <laughs> this is, this, the oh, quotation oh. <laughs> marks for the entire
2: <laughs> – I had just moved
1: to New York, and this is what I started to do. I, I, I started taking class at UCB.
2: All right. Mm. I was obsessed you were, and I remember thinking. But like, that's the thing. Is like, when I met you in real life, I didn't put it together. It's not like like because I just met him in the comedy scene. But it wasn't until like we been dating. I was like, oh my god, that's you. And it was like we were like eighty eight percent compatible. And I was like, that's about wow. accurate. Now, ten years wow. later, I would say it's accurate. But I was, like, but it was just like, I. I will t- say this, Naomi. <laughs> the dates I went on before meeting
1: you, uh, most of them were not thrilled that I did improv too. So you're not, <laughs> you're not in the minority. You know those were all with normos
2: <laughs> but, I, still, but like, I feel like our first date was like we went to see a comedy show no hold on hold on oh, I, I don't know if we talked
1: about this before oh, that my was, God. Uh,
2: I don't tried to do so. I, I talked
1: to some friends I'm like hey I shouldn't because to go to UCB for a show that's like taking her to work that's uh-huh. like going to work <laughs> it's not a date right. so I suggested we get milkshakes you suggested we go to UCB and then it turned out that wasn't a date anyway we didn't go mm. on a real date until uh, I think
2: Legion. Legion. When and you even then, that. at the end of the movie, he's like, okay, I'm going to go do laundry. And that was it. <laughs> that ain't no date if when you leave a movie theater, yeah. you go do laundry. That's an errand you just Alice ran. in Wonderland.
1: I think Alice in Wonderland was a, a date because I That's think there true. was a. Uh... The Alice
2: in Wonderland reboot. We don't have to fight in front of company. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, wait, is this your, is this your first, uh, as Naomi might say, live in lover?
0: No, it isn't. I lived uh so it's funny because uh we met on a dating app, but I had just gotten out of a long-term thing with someone oh that God. I lived with before. Yeah. And so and he's sort of just gotten out of something that was long-term too. So when we met, we were like this isn't going to be anything serious. You already <laughs> know what it's going to be. Da da da. And then, <clears throat> you know, after our first date, after the first fifteen minutes, because the first fifteen minutes were awkward, um, <laughs> but Wait, why? we were—it it just wasn't clicking. It was weird. It was—I uh, don't know. I, I was also very nervous because I was in a three and a half year relationship. So, um, and, and so then we, then after that, we started really vibing, and you know the conversation was flowing, and. Uh, It was it was just good. And then what wasn't supposed to be anything serious. We started seeing each other multiple times a week and uh, then it just (sighs) grew into what it (laughs) is. Wait, how do you now? Here's
1: the thing. Since you've been an actor, you've been in the public eye for so long. Mm -hmm. How do you like know someone is dating you for you rather than dating you because they saw you on TV or something like that?
0: Great question, Andy. Um, I don't really know, uh, but I I trust my intuition, and uh, I listen to her often. And so when I feel like I'm getting some bad vibes from someone, I just really lean into that. I don't like a I don't let a lot of people into my personal bubble. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm very. Um, yeah, I'm very I, I, guarded. You're I guarded. I do, yeah. You're I'm guarded. I, I do, I do, and in uh in a, uh, and I mean that with with, with respect because um, I have to protect, you know, my my aura, and so. But um, I've I've gone on dates with people that I'm like, mm, uh, I feel like <laughs> you're in this for the wrong reasons, and even friendships as well. You know, you never know why people are trying to connect with you, and. Um, you you don't know because people aren't gonna openly say this is what I want, but I just feel it yeah. out as I go. Yeah, that to me is the hardest thing about
2: moving here. Since we're moving to LA, that feeling of like not knowing what's up with people or feeling like because mm-hmm. it's the only place. Well, I feel like here in Washington, D.C., the only two cities that are kind of built on a specific industry. So everyone is doing that. Whereas in New York, New York's certainly full of creative people, but also full of everybody else. Like there's so many kind of hustles you can have in New York. And to be here where it's like, you got to be careful what you say about your job. You don't want to, one, you don't want to like sound like you're bragging or you don't want to offend somebody or it's like if someone asks is it because they want to get to a point where they ask you to hook them up with something. And it's like hard. Yeah. Cause I'm a very yeah. outgoing person normally, but I find here and I, I pull back cause I'm always afraid it's going to seem like disingenuous. That they're going to think like, oh, you're trying to like, why are you trying to be close? And it's like, no, I just don't have boundaries.
0: <laughs> yeah. And even then, like, because you're outgoing, some people may try to take advantage of that. As well, and think that that's a that's an end, and and also people like to presume that because of your your history of work or whatever they whatever spectrum they want to put you on, they think that you can like help them out. And it's like mm-hmm. no, we all trying to we're right? all hustling, we're all doing a dance.
2: Oh, you know? we all doing a dance.
1: No, yeah, you don't <laughs> figure that out until you move out here, and you're like, oh, uh, so the person who gets the job will then or who's making the show will hire six of their friends. Right. And maybe if you're lucky, you might be considered for that seventh position.
2: Right, mm-hmm. right. And only if it's the person who made the show, right? Like there's no like, <laughs> like, like that's the thing people be like, oh, you working on this, can you get me in? It's like, girl, I don't run this show. I'm up in here trying to stay on the payroll. So I can't be bringing you in when I'm trying to stay on the payroll.
0: People get replaced and recast. Like, (laughs) it's, I mean, that is a thing. That is a thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Were you guarded before you moved out here, or was it just, you know, kind of being a teenager in this industry that made you guarded?
0: Ooh. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I was so young. (laughs) Was I a guarded child? Probably. Probably. Because, uh, you know, my parents are, you know, they they tend to be on the protective side. And, of course, you're going to, like, your parents are going to rub off on you. How how they operate in the world, you tend to take that on. But I'm sure that it, it also helped that being an actor, being in the public eye, that also just heightened it. Um... Are you the youngest of the five brothers? I mean, I'm in the middle. Oh, the middle. Okay. Okay. So they were coming
2: at you from both sides. All right.
0: Exactly. So I have two older brothers and three younger brothers.
1: Okay. But maybe that's what helped you kind of become a healthy adult is that you were guarded. So you're not going to go crazy like other people could have in this town or have.
0: Maybe. maybe, maybe. Yeah, cuz I didn't I didn't really start dating until I was 17 because that was when my parents always told me to, even though I wasn't really? I was living, yeah. It, I wasn't even living with my parents and I didn't really get my first boyfriend until I was 17. I didn't actually start drinking really until I was 21. I just
2: Okay, on time. Somehow... You were just very much like what is legally respectable. <laughs> I will begin.
0: I yes. get that.
1: I didn't drink until I was 21. Really? Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I drank a little bit, but I didn't really drink, you know, go hard
1: until I was 21. But um, first girlfriend at 16, first alcohol at 21. Wow, first alcohol. Still haven't done cocaine. First alcohol.
2: (laughs) First alcohol. First alcohol. Um, But do you want to get into some questions?
1: Yeah, yeah. why don't we take a break, and when we get back, we'll answer some of your questions. We'll be right back.
2: <laughs> hey, guys. Yo, what up? Just wanted to come in real quick and just remind you, if you haven't already, to subscribe to Couples Therapy Podcast and review it on iTunes. That helps other people find it. Let them know it brings you joy. Let them know it brings you lulls. Okay? Also, also if you have a little bit of disposable income and you want to
1: support us and the show, there's two ways you can do that. One of them is on our Patreon, right? For $5 a month, you get extra episodes of the show. You get a lot of bonus content.
2: Yes, indeed. It's a real, real treat. It's a, it's a real steal.
1: And if you go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod, that's how you can do that. Second thing, we got t-shirts. They were out for a while because of the quarantine, because of COVID.
2: Now they're back in stock.
1: Yes. And if you go to a couples therapy Dot merchnow.com you can get
2: two different t-shirts. What are they, Naomi? The couples therapy logo, which I love, and a gotta miss a bitch t-shirt, which honestly we all need in quar. You gotta remember that you gotta miss a bitch. Alright, thanks again for listening. And now back to Amani. And we're back! With Amani Hakim, she is going to help you handle your scandal. And as always, I will pop off at the mouth and tell you things you didn't want to know.
1: I feel like, Amani, you're the, like the most, like, uh, of the three of us, you are the most adult. You are the most so- very
2: mature, very mature, mature, sober
1: person. She's
2: very mature, very grounded, a quiet confidence. Uh, I say. Yeah. A quiet confidence. You know how to carry yourself. She's coming to us. Thank She's you. stunning us. She's I would casually say stunning us. Regal. Regal. Wow. 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 He has never called me regal. <laughs> Okay,
1: fine. Uh, I like to always start with a softball question. (laughs) Uh, This one uh, comes to us from uh, Capital A. Okay. Okay. Just Capital A from uh, an Instagram direct message from a couple weeks ago. Uh, Question, topical content. If you are friends with benefits with a person and they are not sleeping with others and they text you and say, hey, I can't come over tonight, I'm going to the protest, I have your phone number on my arm in case of emergency or bail. End quote. End quote. Are we in a relationship? Lol. LOL. But this is real.
0: <laughs> First of all, what? Excuse me? Um, sh- y'all need to have a conversation immediately. <laughs> The boundaries need to be set. I don't know. You know, you, I mean, they're operating in a space as if you are in a relationship. I mean, they're treating you as if so. So, I mean, definitely a conversation has to be had. Have you ever had a friend with with benefits? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Of course.
2: The tone was so, it was like dripping with, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> is, obviously. Well, no, because to me you seem like you like you keep you keep a lover, like you stay in relationships, right? Because you're only, you're not even thirty, so you have the three and a half years, and the two years, the I'm doing the math, okay? And you so, are you are I, doing the
0: math,
2: but <laughs> like you didn't like I'm like you you know didn't um like you had a lot of boyfriends, so I was like maybe no friends with Ben's, but friends with Ben's, friends with Ben's, but okay, you had some friends with Ben's. Did you ever have those moments though, in those situations where like one of you wanted it to be more? Or was it always kind of like,
0: yeah, oh, for sure. There was this. Um, there's, I I only had one. I think I was. There's one person that I was on the end where I wanted it to be more, mm-hmm. and it was he was not down, <laughs> and so checked my ego real quick, and <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, there were other people that. Or this one guy in particular that we were hooking up for a while and then that kind of broken off. And then Mm. a year later, he was blowing up my phone on New Year's Eve and he was just like, let's end it properly. And I was like, this has been done for a long time, sir. Like, what is going on? But um, it gets complicated when, when feelings get involved.
1: Right That's like something you see in like uh, TV shows from the dude's point of view Yeah where That's like Entourage You were dating like a dude from Entourage basically Well he was, I just He's like going through his phone like uh, Who can I hook up with Hey no. it's me Johnny Trauma. <laughs> hey <laughs>
2: I imagine though it's like New Year's Eve, he's like drunk and like reflecting on his life. And it's just like, yeah. the one that got away. Oh, and you then see it from it's like a drunk dial. And it's like, come on, we got to just like really talk about this. Oh, you know what I mean? Essentially. Cause it's like, I feel like a lot of people, but I've found in my experience, more men really don't like to be quote, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So they like to. It's like, like they don't want you to be mad at them. So they kind of like need a little, like, am I off the hook? Am
0: um, I absolved? No. no. you're you're gone. Like you once <laughs> once we're done, we're done and moving on. That's it. Yeah, Wait, were
1: these defined relationships as uh as Naomi said, friends with Ben's? Were they defined like that already? Or did it just like kind of fall into that?
0: It it fell into that. Oh, right. It fell into that. Because I had that.
1: one relationship that was that only in retrospect did I, re- did I realize, I'm like, oh, that's what that was? Cause then I, cause I was like, at some point I was like, oh, uh, are, so are we boyfriend and girlfriend? And that's when it ended. And I- Oh. <laughs> oh. And- uh, You asked? Yes, that's like like months in. And I was like, oh. uh, and uh, that's when I, now that I'm putting the pieces together, I'm like, oh, that was what that relationship was. <laughs> That was.
0: Oh God. We were not on the path
1: to uh, boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, that was never in her like, mind.
0: Yeah, I feel like friends with benefits. It's usually, I think, it's pretty clear just how people are operating. I would, I would just assume that you would think you, you <laughs> would think. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you I would don't think, know, yeah.
2: but like, especially, I mean, but this, but a with this question to me capital a. Capital A coming through being like not only is this person not sleeping with other people, like if you're not sleeping with other people and then being like you're my in case of emergency? I mean, unless you're the only person this person knows within like a 50 mile radius, yeah. there's no reason why a hookup should be yo next to fucking kin, okay? Yeah. This person is trying to marry you. It, 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 I would just literally be like, I'm sorry, you cannot have a hookup as your ICE, as your in-case-of-emergency.
1: Yes. If, uh, if you're someone's emergency contact, you're in a relationship.
2: Very much. That's my Jeff oh, Foxworthy. 100%. You might be, if you're someone's emergency contact, you might be in a relationship. That was a really good Jeff Foxworthy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I could,
1: sorry, I was in my head. I was like, that was terrible.
2: That was a terrible <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. Uh,
1: But uh, but I I appreciate you. I appreciate you boosting my ego.
2: (laughs) Is your boyfriend your in case of emergency now?
0: It's yeah. He's my in case of emergency. You're my best friend. Yeah, I I swap between the two.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A backup. (laughs) I C E one, I C E two. I mean, it was a big deal when I moved Andy into number one, cause before it was my mom. But then it's like my mama don't answer her phone anyway. No, So like, if right. I had a
0: problem, number that one. That's why she's not my emergency contact. I'm like, I'm, I can't ever get in contact with you.
2: I know. She's like, I didn't charge my phone. I'm like, okay, well, you ain't the one. If I go missing, so. It was
0: funny because he became my emergency contact because he, <laughs> I put my best friend down. And he's like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, we'll swap we'll swap okay.
1: it out. Okay. Okay. What are some of the other signs that your casual hookup or friends with Ben's uh <laughs> is actually a relationship? Merge the contact, we got that down. Yeah, that's the biggest one. Um mm-hmm.
2: leaving stuff at the person's house?
0: Yes, absolutely. Right? A drawer. Well, if you, you got a drawer no, that's a, a drawer a drawer, that's you're definitely married at that point. <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean,
2: or i don't know cuz to me if you're hooking up
1: like a steady date like we're you're always there on saturday nights
2: no i had that with one gross dude we would actually watch entourage and then oh we would, no uh, and then we would um kiss on the mouth but um, <laughs> oh that's as far as it went <laughs> how chased <laughs> but like but isn't it like if you do more but that's to me where the line is like cuz if If I just come over, we talk for 30 minutes, and then there's an orgasm. Friends with benefits. But if we, like, go see a play and get a meal, and then there's an orgasm.
0: Yeah, I think it's when when you're you're going out. Like, you're doing activities outside of the house. That's when you know this is sort of something a little bit more than friends with benefits. But if it's just, like, what you doing? You up? You know, and then... (laughs) You know what's happening after that and you know, then I, I think you can just boil that down to Yeah. If you're seeing Michael Shannon nope, in a
1: Steppenwolf nope, wolf production nope, and then nope, having
2: sex, nope. you're in a relationship. This is what I live with, Imani. He's whimsical. He's my manic pixie dream he boy. Whimsical. He's in a bit he's doing a bit and he's gonna hit it all three times I for did. the sake of comedy. I had to and do that then he gets one. it out of his system.
1: Uh yeah, no, it really does. <laughs> Honestly, the rule of threes, it feels like an unfinished orgasm. It's <laughs> you. When you got two and you're like, there's a third beat in this. It's
0: like edging.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> Comedic edging.
0: Oh, no. Uh,
1: uh, do you want to do another? Yeah, yeah, we'll do yeah let's do the next one. I got to hear do... more
2: information. This
1: is a serious one. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh, remember, I started us out with a softball. It's
2: okay. like now... a lot of paragraphs. Mm. When it's a lot of paragraphs, I know it's serious. Oh, this no. comes to us... Uh,
1: anonymous on Instagram uh, Uh just uh, a week or two ago.
2: Uh Uh-oh. Hey, uh,
1: feel free to ignore if this cue is too serious.
2: Uh, Okay. We won't do that.
1: But, uh, (laughs) oh boy, how should we, uh, I feel uh, strange even reading this. Yeah, I'll read it. Okay, you read
0: it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how should we be apologizing to black people when we fuck up? I sent an email trying to help, but accidentally being so insulting to a good friend of mine who I haven't really talked to in a while, despite being very close a few years ago. And I really agonized over sending a good apology. I just realized an apology can be so fake. Like, how can you be authentic, especially via email or text? My goal was not to cause them more pain and not try to write it, excuse my mistake. Would love to know what Naomi would want to hear in an apology from a good friend or a former good friend. I'm not expecting a response or forgiveness or even friendship, but just having trouble wondering if I apologized good enough. Okay. Huh? How should I be apologizing to black people when we fuck up? So they Uh, did something racist? uh, Well, let's start with,
1: before we get into (laughs) the, well, I have a feeling that this is a, uh, this comes from this, uh, the 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 uh, the last couple weeks where magically white people were like, wait, have we been insensitive for the I, last
2: four hundred years? I call it the Caucasian awakening, <laughs> and that's what's yes. been going on. They've woken up to something because everyone's in the house and they have time mm-hmm. to think. They have time to read White Fragility <laughs> and be like,
0: uh, oh, I'm we're bad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a book <laughs> Um Right, so feeling like I want to reach out and repair, but not try to be friends.
1: It, I, what I've noticed white people doing in the last month is uh, every possible small thing they can do before they uh, actually have to give up any kind of power, <laughs> right? Uh, oh, we'll right. take down the, uh, the Blackface episode of Scrubs, but we won't have any uh, black showrunners. Right, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. right.
0: Uh, yeah, like, bathroom, you, know, you know, um, everyone's it doing the, it's sort of like everyone wants to do the bare minimum and like, and, and it's great that it's, it's great that everyone's doing it at the end of the day. I appreciate it all, but you're doing all the things we didn't ask for you to do. You
2: yes, know? Yes, yes, uh, yep. yes, 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 yes.
1: Yeah. Um, before let's, let's, let me just ask both of you, what do you want in just an apology period? If someone has done something wrong. If a white has wronged me, no, anyone, oh, any ethnicity. I just want to know, like, <laughs> from it, what you want from an apology. Before we get into the uh, the uh, the thorny uh, Caucasian awakening, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, part 2020, of this twenty twenty Caucasian awakening.
1: What would I, e- both of you like to we'll start with? You and What would you, what do you just want to see in apology in an apology period? Well,
0: one, I I would love if. You reached out to me via email or text and asked if we can get on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think it's because it's it's different when it's just like, here's my apology. But I think it's, if you're looking to apologize to someone, there I feel like a conversation has to be had. A back and forth needs to be yes. had. And you need to yes. give someone the opportunity to do that. So... I will like if anyone's if anybody wants to apologize to me, <laughs> uh, pick up the phone and call me. And I am so totally open to having a dialogue about what happened because, of course, it's all perception. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you mm-hmm. know. And I and, and that it's just important to have a conversation about two sides of the yeah. situation. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's smart. I don't know. I used to be
2: a very big email apology person because I used to feel like then i wasn't putting someone on the spot but again as you're saying like if you ask someone hey can we talk but normally i would be like let me put it out there so you can kind of digest it at your own time That's true. and then if you still want to talk to me it's like i'm open to hearing you but then i was always like afraid of like kind of catching someone off guard but yeah you know we're kind of being like this is i have to unload you know because it's, <laughs> it's always that question of you know what do you say you ask yourself does it need to be said does it need to be said by me and does it need to be said right now right. and asking those three questions and like making sure and sometimes you know you have to think about, to me, with apologies, and I think a lot of people are doing it for this reason. Are you doing it to make yourself feel better? Right. Or are you doing it to make things right? You know, because there's a difference. Because I can apologize to you and you can say bye, bitch, and that's not gonna feel good for me, but I've done my part to keep my side of the street mm-hmm. clean. You know what I mean? And like, but those are two different things. And so it's like, to me, what I always want an apology is first and foremost is like, I know I fucked up. Like, I want to know. Accountability. I, yes, because sometimes when someone does something right that's hurtful and then they don't say anything, it's a little crazy making because it makes us feel like I'm the, I'm the one who's wrong for being upset or for being hurt or for being yes, offended. Lighting. Yes, and so I'm always like, so for me, I need an apology to start with like, I know I did this bad thing because that's not the same as I'm sorry. Like, we learn the word sorry from like the age two. Right. And it's like you I could tell you sorry and not mean it for half like the whole time. I could just be sorry. Right. I'm sorry <laughs> means like I want the my uh my GI Joes back that you took from me because yes. I screamed. Right. Yes. Like I slash I want this to be over. Right. Yes. And that's not
1: it's like all the fucking time. Right. That's what's going on right now. All the like <laughs> apologies fr- uh from the uh Caucasian wing. Of Earth
2: yeah. are all like, can we just, can this be over already? Right. It's like I feel yeah. uncomfortable and I need to not feel uncomfortable. Have you had any whites come to you, Imani, and just be <laughs> like, I need either like I need you to absolve me or I need you to educate me? Uh,
0: I have a friend that I've been friends with for uh, over a decade now, and you know our relationship has been a very much a growing period. Um, Mm -hmm. They're white. And so not... They didn't come to me directly and and apologize to something in particular. It was more so like, oh shit, like how have I been operating in this friendship? Mm -hmm. And so... My best friend who's also black, we we were like a little, um, you know, triangle of friendship. But um, so she... She brought up that she was like, Have I done anything? And we were in our book club. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, well, this is a conversation for not the book club, you know, because, um, and, I, and I appreciate that people are starting to look inward and mm-hmm. be like, okay, how have I been treating my friends of color or black people in particular, and how have I been a part of the problem? And I'm willing to have a conversation. With,
2: <laughs> how, how, You're like, whoever. I have a list, and then a scroll comes down <laughs> yeah. five feet long. Like Santa's list. Of- <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: You're like, actually, um, exhibit B
0: because i understand also that people aren't intentionally trying to hurt you you know they're Mm -hmm. just operating in a space where they i mean it's learned behavior so i i mean therapy okay therapy (laughs) you've been seeing somebody girl sliding scale tell me more (laughs) but um i mean it's 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 the (laughs) same as being on the other side of it you know Mm -hmm. um we can't just assume that every black person is the same or going to operate in the same space as the black person over there and we can't just categorize that white people are going to be the same as well so Mm -hmm. just having the dialogue that like you're not a messed up person because of this thing like as long as you're taking accountability and really realizing i fucked up and um and then we can move forward and have a productive conversation about it
1: yeah do you think out of accountability though means if someone apologizes, they should change their behavior after that, right? I Isn't that is. like to me an apology? Like the the difference between the "I'm sorry, please give me my Transformers back, mm-hmm. I want this to be over," and "I'm sorry, I have behaved shittily, I will not behave that way in the future." Are that's the difference between an apology. And uh, you know, at the end of a temper tantrum,
2: right? Right, but yeah, I mean, I would want people to change, but I also don't want to be your teacher, is the problem. Oh, yeah, like, I want you to change, but like you got to go figure it out on somewhere else and come back. I can't, <laughs> I don't know, it's that bad. Yeah,
0: no, no, not at all. It's not, it's not your responsibility to teach every white person who feels guilty, like it's not. <laughs> It's not your responsibility at all. So it's like, I, I appreciate it. I'm grateful that you came to me. This is how I'm feeling, and this is this. Here's a book I recommend you read, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Wait, or- your, your lover is not black.
0: He's have not.
2: You, have you guys like been talking, like, has, it, has it been a conversation, has it sparked any conversations in the relish?
0: Oh, of course. Well, he's Asian, so he's also a person of color, so. Mm-hmm. Um, My lover before this one was white, and Uh um, those conversations went very, very differently. And uh, so I'm very grateful for my partner today because we're able to have conversations and speak about our both of our experiences, him being an Asian man and me being a black woman. Um, and we can go deep, 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 deep into that, but I don't think this is the platform, but yeah. Uh, it so is we, exactly
2: the platform. I need to know everything, no. But I will push it later, yeah. We have
0: a very healthy dialogue about color and race and mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, marginalized yeah. communities and all of that, so Yeah. Very healthy.
2: Has he met your has he met your fam? Is your family all
0: still here? He has met my fam. He is the one he's the one boyfriend that I've ever brought home. What? Even the yes. three and a half year one? Even the three and a half year
2: wow. one. Wow, see you knew in your heart you knew in your heart yeah. he wasn't the one. Uh-huh. I that intuition, you know? Yes. I
0: wasn't I wasn't moving and acting on like anything until I knew. Yeah.
2: Um And it was good. Everyone got along. It was tender.
0: It was good. You know, um, I prepped him as much as I could, (laughs) but he's very good with people. So Uh he's one of those people who can be in any space with no matter what the background is. It's Mm -hmm. just he's able to, you know, it's it's a great conversationalist and very intelligent person. And so what's what's that like? (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I don't have to do anything. He does all the work.
1: That's so good. It, it's, uh, uh, is there also is there a class difference at all? Like, cause I, I think about like that stuff uh, also coming into play. Wait. Like background, like, like, is there a background? Like did your parents, uh, you know, working class or like lower middle class, right?
0: hmm Yeah, did definitely. You... Between us? Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Definitely. Uh, class difference. And, and I, I uh, and I, I think that's part of the reason why I didn't take anyone home, mm-hmm. um, too, because I was like, you have to be able to receive yep. yes. this, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I trusted that he would be able to receive it, even though we grew up very differently. Like, he grew up in Calabasas. Um, okay. And I did not. <laughs> so, um, but he, again, like, he's... And I think it also helps that he's... Uh, He's an artist as well. He's not a musician. He's not? Uh, he's not. What he's is an he? actor. He's an actor, okay. writer, he's producer. Actor. Okay. Oh, okay. Triple threat. Um, Triple threat. Yes, yes. And so uh naturally that comes with a lot of empathy, I think. Um and so Yeah.
2: It, was good. it can go either way. It's either empathy or Sociop- sociopath who's sociopathy. learned it's how to, two options.
1: yeah, the sociopath who has learned how to mimic human behavior so well <laughs> that they're great actors.
2: Right. You know when right. you, you find those out, when you're like, oh, shit, you were playing me, wearing a people suit. <laughs> yeah,
1: been there,
0: done that.
1: <laughs> uh, wait, okay, so... We know what you, what what someone wants from, uh, you guys in particular, want from a regular old apology. Right. Now, I assume this person that's writing and has not done anything.
2: uh, Egregious. uh, Yes, unforgivable.
1: Like, I assume that they have not done anything that is uh, so awful that it's, uh, they're not gonna get a uh, response. Uh I assume it's like some some microaggression or something like that. Mm. That's a guess. Maybe, I don't know. What would, is there anything, in particular, you would want someone who has microaggressed against you to say that's any different? Or do you just not want to – here's the other thing. It's like I, there are some people who are awful like that. Not, not awful, but just like I, I guess in a class where they are not um, conscious of their privilege yeah. and have never been in, and ha- have always acted from that space. And I would just not want to interact with them even in this uh, new Caucasian Awakening.
2: What do you think is there some white folks you ain't got no time for anymore because for me there's
0: several yes a hundred percent i just here's the thing this is this is what i'm saying <laughs> i just can't hold space for it anymore um mm-hmm. and again i it's not my responsibility to um i just the patience that i have is very thin it's uh, i just want people i want white people to want to do the work on their own Mm -hmm. and not look for black people to continue to do the work for them Mm -hmm. so if you're not willing to do that then i can't hold space for you
1: that's great that that's genuinely great so if maybe if i can like sum this up to uh the advice for uh, the person who wrote in uh do the work to be a better person on your own and maybe that you, you. It'll be apparent what the apology should be.
2: Yeah. Yes, the apology can come once you've done the work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Facts. There you go. Facts. Again. Drop it like it's hot.
1: Um. I guess it's. We're basically at the end of the show. Wow. Okay. I feel like we did get a lot done emotionally. We. I feel like yeah. We've been through. Uh, we. We started off in Cleveland.
0: Yep. <laughs> we did, we did, it was a journey. We packed oh. up all of our belongings. We packed belongings up all of to our to things.
2: It. We moved did in I? together right at the start of Quar. Uh, yeah. t- just taking risks.
1: We took a trip yeah. through Caucasia.
2: Through it, Caucasia, stopped in <laughs> Calabasas, <laughs> learning everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Imani, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, this is a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, three syllables of fun. <laughs>
0: It was. I really enjoyed it. It, it, ma- it made me want to do more podcasts.
2: Oh. Good. That's good. We're a good and gateway, And that's not top. something
0: that I want to do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So glad that we could be a pod
1: for you in Quar. All right. Well, thank you. And we'll see you guys next time.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.